This segment is proudly brought to you by Capital Air. Six minutes after 11, Central African time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum. It's a beautiful, mashallah, Wednesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. I hope you guys are well. I hope you guys are tuning in and listening to the program, The Bliss of Marriage. Rafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name. And of course, our beloved Ustad, Hazrat Malala Mufti Abdul Qadar Hussein, Hafidahullah. He will be with me from now till 12 ish, inshallah. I want to welcome our beloved, <laughs> our beloved engineer, Haji Suleiman Esof. He will be with me from now till 12 ish. And I want to welcome the listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and Company. And I want to welcome the listeners of Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Well, today is the 26th of Shawwal 14. 44. Let's welcome our beloved Honorable Fadila to Ustad. Ustad, welcome to the Bliss of Marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa arafat. Jazakallahu khairan. Ustad, is a, uh, it says here a new Muslim. Uh, Mufti Sab, what is the proper way to have ghusl after hayd? Is this uh, written in any of your books, publications, Ustad? Where can I read it? Ustad. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد all praise due to Almighty Allah the sustainer nourisher and cherisher of the universe peace blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam First and foremost, we start with some sad news. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Our senior citizen there in our hometown, Heidelberg, Bibi Mullah, that as she was commonly known, she mm. passed away. And now around 11 o'clock or so is a pickup time in Janaza. So Allah Ta'ala grant our Yasmin Mullah and our brother Hafiz Muhammad Mullah, their other brother Harun passed away during COVID time. So this brother, sister, we know them very well. We were in school, all of us together, and so forth, so on. So Allah Ta'ala grant the Marhuma, Bibi Mullah, and her husband, that was Babu Mullah. They, she was in the 90s, and Babu Bai also was in the 90s. He passed away several years ago. So Allah Ta'ala grant Bibi Mullah, Jannatul Firdaus, and Allah Ta'ala grant the family, also Sabri Jamil and you know once our elders pass away then we become mahroom and deprived of the du'as their du'as are accepted we must appreciate them and always say that Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq the children grandchildren to make khidmat and serve our parents grandparents every day not like the kuffar culture have a mother's day and father's day and so forth nay for us as Muslims every day remember is Mother's Day, Father's Day. Allah give us the true understanding of Deen of Islam. 
okay to you, sister, that now you embrace Islam. That was the best decision you made in your life. <coughs> First and foremost, you should refer to the Noble Quran, chapter 8, Surah 8, Surah Anfal, verse 38. Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala states, kafaru. Say, Ya Rasulullah, O Mustafa, Sallallahu Alaihi to the non-Muslims, if you abstain from your kufr and blasphemy, from your polytheism, idol worship, and you embrace Islam, the sins of the past are forgiven. Imagine 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years. The person committed kufr and blasphemy and shirk and idol worship. Allah Ta'ala expunges it and removes it, and they get like a newborn baby. Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said innal islam yahdimu ma kana qabla that verily islam erases the sins of the past the hadith mentioned in Mishkat Sharif next one now if you my sister want to know about now menses and related issues so go read the Quran Sharif Surah 2 chapter 2 verse 2 2 2 all twos there Chapter 2, verse triple 2. I read for you the verse, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْمَحِيدِ Imagine more than 1400 years ago that they came to the Master, Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi sallam, and asked regarding menses, hayz, napaki, the monthly, قُلْ هُوَ أَذَا Say, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam, this is napaki, it is pollution, and it is impure. You, the husbands, you must stay away from your wives. Remember during her menses, You must stay, don't go near them and approach them till they become pure and clean, meaning they must take a mandatory compulsory ghusl and a bath. I'll explain that to you just now. It does not mean that you can't sleep with your wife when she is in menses. You can sleep with her. But she, the lady, the hadith is in Abu Dawood and various compilations, Mustad Ahmad and so forth, that you, the lady in Hayes and menses, that you must cover the portion between the navel and the knees. So if the husband wants to touch, the hadith states, Mafokal Izar, above the garment, above the fabric. You can't touch the thigh and so forth and so on. That is skin to skin, absolutely haram and not permissible. Then Almighty Allah states, that when she took a proper ghusl, so it shows this ghusl must be done meticulously, particularly, supposed you know very, very, you must be meticulous about it. Then when she's seen, then you, the husband, can go to her, where Almighty Allah has commanded you, Inna Allaha yuhibbut tawabin wa yuhibbul mutatwahirin. Almighty Allah Jalla wa Allah loves those people that you must remember who repent to Almighty Allah and turn to Almighty Allah and wa yuhibbul mutatwahirin. And they are the ones that you must remember that they are pure and cleanse cleaning themselves. So you now, my sister, now today, this morning, your menses ended. So how should you make ghusl? Make intention. Imam Shafi and them, they say it's compulsory to make intention. Hanafi say it's sunnah, but that's an academic discussion. So make the intention. You're making ghusl. You're taking a bath to get pure and clean from that napaki and that impurity.
Then you wash your hands, then you wash your private, and thereafter you make a huzu, and thereafter you wash your entire body, head downwards, and then your sides, your flanks, and so forth. Hanafi say you must also gaggle your mouth properly, you must insert water in the nose, in the nostrils, and so forth. And tahta kulli sharatin janaba, and remember every hair must get wet, and so forth. The hadith in Mishkat and Abu Dawood. So basically, those are the things that you should know. All the other things you want to use, your soap, shampoo, all that, that is your prerogative, is not something compulsory or sunnat and so forth. So that are the basic rules that you should know and be aware of. Ustad, what is the purpose of an Islamic marriage certificate, Ustad? Remember, the purpose of an Islamic marriage certificate is when you are traveling. So sometimes the lady has her own maiden name and remember your surname, her surname is different. So if you're going for Umrah, Hajj in the old days, it could be a problem because then the perception is this, maybe this lady is not your wife, she's your girlfriend or your sidekick or whatever, your spay wheel. So to save all that hassle and so forth, so you show your, them <coughs> that this is your marriage certificate and so forth. It's not an Islamic requirement. It is just for practical purposes that to show to the world that this is your husband, this is your wife, and now because we live in western countries and so forth so therefore it does come in handy even in Muslim countries and Arab countries but remember it's not an Islamic requirement it is just for our practical purposes and you know before that they could even ask you if the husband and wife's surname were different then they will tell you the Maulana the Sheikh the Jamiat or somebody must write a letter also to state clearly that this couple are married before they were very strict now everything they made permissible they say the woman can go without the husband without the mahram and all that for umrah and hajj which obviously is totally haram and unacceptable hmm. somebody says that i have uh, seven kids alhamdulillah dear honorable mufti of my own but my late husband requested for me to remarry in his will should i fulfill this what was that so that's your choice. It's just a request of his, you must remember. It's not something wajib and compulsory. So mashallah, you got seven children, and now you should see if you can control your lust and desires and so forth. Then you don't get married, and you look after your children, and you will be raised with him on the day of justice, and you go with him, your husband who passed away. Allah grant him jannatul firdaus, and you should teach your seven children if each one of them should be reading Surah 14, verse 41. Rabbana khfilli waliwali daya walil mu'minina yawma yaqoomul hisab. Oh, beloved Allah, forgive me. Forgive my beloved parents and the believers the day the reckoning is established. But maybe you're 40 years old, 35 years old and so, and still you have a lot of desires and so forth and so on, then obviously you should settle down and so forth. And that was the wish and request of your husband as well. So only you can judge the situation. We don't know who you are. We don't know your your husband who passed away. We don't know your children and so forth. My advice to you will be, sister, seeing that you asked us the question, read now with me. Allahumma, oh beloved Allah, khirli, khirli, oh Allah, select the best for me. 
and choose for me and the hadith is mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif you don't have to sleep you don't have to dream nothing like that so whatever comes in your heart in your mind so you practice on that and obviously if you want and you got children who are 18 20 15 who understand all these issues then you can discuss with them as well and see what is their feeling and reaction and so forth Hmm. Usada, uh, I've got a listener says her two daughters are listening to you. They want to know what's the masla pertaining to haid and istihada. They're both listening to you, Ustad. Very good. We want to teach you all these type of things. And remember that we should not say that why do we discuss these things here on A and so forth and so on. Our mother, Siddiqa Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha says, Rahimallahu nisa al-ansar. Almighty Allah Jalla wala, have mercy on the women of the Ansar, the Madin, Madina woman, Madani woman, that they would come and ask Nabi Ali Salam questions directly. Ma mana ahunna al hayau That shame and modesty which is innate, inborn, inherent in a female, a lady normally has much more haya shame than a male. So that would not be an obstacle and would not prevent them from understanding and the deep understanding of deen. So you see, so now you sisters, you need to understand I'm giving you the basic rules of hayes and menses. I told you now in the Quran Sharif it's mentioned Surah 2, chapter 2, verse 2, 2, 2. Okay, that's first issue. Second issue is Hanafi school says the minimum amount of days of menses are three and the maximum are ten. Okay. The Shafi'is and them say minimum is one day and the maximum is 15 days. That's first issue. Second issue, you must know when your menses finishes and before the next menses start, so minimum there must be 15 days in between. So those 15 days will be considered your clean days, your days of tuhur, of cleanliness. Now within those 15 days there, if you experience spotting, bleeding and so forth, that will be called istihada. So that will be considered like a hemorrhage, meaning it's a sickness and so forth and so forth. Hayz is a normal, you know, thing and occurrence in a female. Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna allaha kataba hadihi ala banati adam. Verily Almighty Allah has prescribed on the Indus, on the females of the daughters of Nabi Adam alayhi salatu salam. So remember, open Mustad Ahmad Mishkat, or you'll find all this type of ahadith there. So that's one issue. Next issue, you must remember that when a lady is in menses and so forth, then the ruling is this. You can't read Quran. You can't touch Quran Sharif. You can't read Salat. You can't fast. No husband-wife relationship, conjugal rights and so forth and so on. But when you are mustahada, when you are in istihada, then remember you are katahira. You are 100% clean. But because you are experiencing the discharge, the bleeding, spotting and so forth, for every first salat, for example, Zohar time will come in. So then, quarter past 12, half past 12, quarter to 1, whatever time you're going to perform your salat, then you must ensure you make a fresh wudu. Then asr time, 4 o'clock, quarter past 4, past 4, then again you make a fresh wudu. 
after sunset, then again you make fresh wudu. Then Isha time fresh wudu. Fajr time fresh wudu. Because you are ma'azura, you are one with a valid excuse. So these are the basic rules that you should know regarding hayd and istihada. Mm. And you know, just Allah put in my mind now that we're in the hajj season now, right? Hajis are leaving this weekend from South Africa, the first batch, the first group. See, Allah let these things happen so it becomes a lesson for humanity and posterity. Habibuna Rasulullah sallam, the honorable wives, the male, female children left Medina. Now they come into Makkah. Some made intention for Hajj, some made intention for Umrah, some made intention for Hajj and Umrah. The different types of uh, uh, actions that are permissible. Siddiqah Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha made intention for Umrah only. When she reached Sarif, just outside Makkah, 20 kilos or plus minus approximately. So Hanapaki started. They entered on the 4th of Zulhijjah, a Sunday. Now she's waiting. And now the days of Hajj have started. The Hajjaj, Nabi Sallallahu Sahaba going to Mina, then Arafat. Habibuna Sallallahu Alaihi told her, cancel the Umrah and make intention of Hajj. So she, Siddiqah Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, performed Ifrad Hajj. But on the night of the 14th, now it's time for departure, she was crying, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu all the honorable wives, they perform Umrah and Hajj, I only perform Hajj, he Habibuna rahmatulil alameen sallallahu alayhi wa told her, okay, you go now with your brother Abdurrahman radiallahu an, go to Masjid Aisha, which is called Masjid Aisha nowadays, in Tan'im, and from there you make intention of Umrah. So see, all these benefits came out from there. Similarly, on the return trip, Sayyidah Safiya radiallahu anha, the honorable wife of the Master salam, experienced immenses. So Nabi salam asked, did she perform tawaful ifada, tawaful ziyara? Tawaful ifada is a terminology Maliki, Shafi's, Ambalis use. Hanafi say tawaful ziyara is the same tawaf, it's just different names, and it's first and compulsory. They said, yes, she performed that, but now she can't perform tawaful wida and the farewell tawaf because of her menses. Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu said, fine, idhan fanfiri, then she can move, no problem. So that concession is given to ladies that when you perform hajj and you're in your menses, tawaful ziyara, tawaful ifada, you must perform. But tawaful wida will be saqit and waved off. See how many masail come out. So all for the benefit of the ummah and our mothers and sisters. Is a mommy saying here that respected my beloved teacher Mufti Saab kindly explain uh, the significance of having a hifz completion jalsa? Is this function necessary? Do I have to invite my whole family, even from out of town, or only a few in in the town? I'm very happy that my son is completing soon, inshallah. But I need some guidance regarding this type of function. What was the practice of our elders? I was told to invite the sisters as well. Ustad. MashaAllah, first and foremost, we will salute you. If your son was here, we should have kissed his hand, kissed his forehead, that today he has become a hafiz, and you must always pay gratitude to the teacher and all the asatiza who played a role in this, so that today your son is hafiz Yunus, hafiz Ayyub, hafiz Zakaria, hafiz Yahya, whatever. MashaAllah is his name. So remember chapter 15, verse number 9. 
that all mighty Allah Jalla Wala teaches us that inna nahnu nazzalna dhikra wa inna lahu lahafidun chapter number 15 verse number 9 verily we all mighty Allah stamping his authority and majesty states we revealed piecemeal this great this Quran Sharif this reminder wa inna lahu lahafidun and we are the one who protected that there is no addition no omission nothing of that sort and so forth and so on so Allah Ta'ala took his attribute and is giving it to your son what a great virtue that is Lahafidun. so that's one side second side Quran Sharif states Qul bifadlillah wa bi rahmatihi fa bidhalika falyafrahu that remember it is the fadl the grace the mercy of almighty Allah Jalla and you must be happy is better than everything people have accumulated and so forth. So that's one side. Is the Hif Jalsa compulsory? And I said, no, it's not compulsory. We became Hafiz. I completed with Allah's help, Allah's mercy. In my family, nobody even knew I'm a Hafiz besides my parents. My beloved, honorable teacher, Hafiz Ibrahim Limalia. So he knew, even asked me this time when I met him when I was in Durban, what age I started and what age I finished. So remember that. <laughs> and by him, obviously, and we're always indebted to Hafizab, our beloved teachers. So this ayat I quoted to you now, that you must be happy, Surah Yunus, chapter number 10, and verse number 58 it is. So chapter number 10 and verse 58. So that is it's not necessary, it's not compulsory. And remember that... that if you want to have a jalsa, it's a good occasion, opportunity. Where is the asal of this? Where is the original basis? You see Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu son. So you must remember that, that Almighty Allah Jalla wa'ala made it such that it took him eight years to study and learn Surah Baqarah. Eight years, you know. Mm. And because they wouldn't do hifs only, they would learn 10 ayats, understand the meaning, practice on it, and then go to the next verses like that. So when he finished it, the entire Surah Baqarah, Atwalu Surah in Fil Quran, that is the longest Surah chapter in the Noble Quran, 286 verses, chapter 2, then he slaughtered the camel, invited people, and so forth. So that is the original basis. There some Sahaba, they did this, and so forth. So my sister, my advice to you will be, yes, it's a great thing, remember that, but all those big, big functions, inviting hundreds of people, all that, that I don't agree with. You must remember that. Most of the time, I won't say all the time, but most of the time, is Riyah and Wasum'ah. It's just to impress the people and impress Press, you know, the eyes of the people and the ears of the people and so forth. You want to keep a small function, mashallah, and it will give encouragement to your son to study further. It will give encouragement to other people, you know, that mashallah, I must also become a hafiz. And it is, you understand, tahdeesun ni'mah, that you are thanking Almighty Allah for this great bounty. But now it's your son's jalsa, what you want to invite so many females and us, and just leave all that out.
you invite few people and your few family members, mashallah, the ustad and so forth. And then he, the Molana, they can just give some advices and then he can make khatmul Quran and then you make dua. So that is my advice to you, sister. Leave all these big, big functions and all these things here. The more people you invite, the more panchat there is. You know what is panchat, right? They will tell you, I haru ni hutu, I barabar ni hutu. They will make 101 comments. So the least, less people you invite, the better it is. That's my advice to you. So start, my wife has her parents, three daughters, and me. How will her estate be shared with that? So let us get this clear. So now you're waiting for your wife to pass away or what? I don't know. <laughs> if that is your intention, there's not right. If your intention is no, let us sort everything out now. So that's very good. And then you must ask about yourself also. So let's break it up now and divide it. When a Muslim person passes away, first is burial funeral expenses. Second is the debts of the deceased. Personal debts, business debt, corporate debts, all that must be paid immediately. Not after 40 days and all that. That's our Indian custom. So all. And then third one, wasiya. That you what you bequeath for none is. So that must be implemented. Maximum one third of the net estate. Then the share. Last one, the shares of the is. So now your wife passes away. So your share will be. You must remember 12 and a half percent. Okay. So you must remember that. So you the uh, you, you the husband. So no, he is the husband now. So your share husband will be their 25%. So let's start again. So the wife passed away and now you the husband so your share will be 25%. Okay? So that's first thing. Then your daughters, remember her share will be that you got two daughters, three daughters, four daughters, whatever it is, two thirds is their share. Now the parent share will be 1616. Now you don't have to be a rocket scientist. So remember that if you count like that percentage wise, so husband, your father, the deceased parent share is already one third. The daughter share is already, you must remember, two thirds. That makes it 100%. And I'm telling you, the husband, your share is 25%. So in Sayyidina Umar Radiallahu's time, all these issues came about. So then they made owl. Owl means you increase that you must remember that and then everybody gets their share so that is how it will be divided and distributed you husband 25% you the two three four daughters whatever you are two thirds the parents one third one third divided distributed one six one six to the biological father and mother of that disease so that is how it's straightforward hmm. was that somebody says here that uh, I know of Molana's Mufti AK who are taking groups for Hajj, and they're so friendly and open with our sisters. Now my husband is joining them also. I know the agent they're going with, they're so open with our sister, and they say the sisters have to be open to talk to them because of the Hajj Maslas. All haram, all these things here. You don't see how many problems it's causing already and so forth and so on. So I will be perform Hajj with Allah's help so many times. So we have lectures, you must remember that. And then the husbands are there, the brothers are there, the mahram are there, the wives are there, mm-hmm. all that. And therefore I have to go with my own wife with Allah's help most of the time because today is a manner of fitna, you must remember that, that people
people once they get involved they alone and you know Nabi alayhi salatu salam said this more than 1400 years ago la yakhluwanna rajulun bimra'atin illa wathalithuma ash-shaytan when a male and female who are strangers to one another are alone then the third party there is Satan is Shaitan and Lucifer the hadith in Mishkat Sharif authentic hadith so let's carry on now so for him your husband Molana, Imam Sheikh Mufti whatever and he tries and justify it you must remember he says no we must teach them so you must teach them in your lectures not that you alone with them or you alone with mm-hmm. two three women and so forth and so on and then you're such you're joking with one another then you're becoming friendly with one another we know of so many incidents Hajj time what what things happen and all that so Muslims our South Africans what what things happen Allah forbid so my advice if you really want to accept you must tell your Mawlana is no need for him to go for Hajj he must stay at home and he must look after his wife and children but the Hajj today you know it has become more like a touring and a shop and so forth and so on so if these are the dangers you must remember hadith in Bukhari Sharif Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wasallam said I haven't left a bigger and greater danger for this ummah and for the man that is the woman will be the biggest danger for them mm. what more you want than that inna kayda kunna azim Quran says for Shaitan and Lucifer, the plotting, planning of Satan, Lucifer is is weak, da'ifa. But for women, inna kayda kunna azim, their plotting, planning is very big. So therefore, he's setting himself up for failure. You don't see what's happening nowadays. So we're not Nabi Yusuf salam. Remember that nicely. So my advice, you must tell him and tell that agent who wants to take him that no, you're not giving permission for him to go because this is going to cause rouse and you must use this word. You must tell that agent ABC who wants to take your Molana husband that, as a, you know, as a guide and so forth, you're not allowing it, you and your children is going to cause rouse and eruptions in your marriage. That is what you must tell him. Why is there a divorce rate spiraling out of control, Ustad? We singles can learn from this, Ustad. Remember this, Quran Sharif teaches us Surah 2, verse 102, The aim of Iblis, Lucifer, and Shaitan is to cause separation between husband and wife. Did not Nabi alayhi salatu salam say authentic hadith in Abu Dawood? Inna abagad al-halali ilallah at-talaq. The thing that is most detested, hate by the Allah Almighty Allah is the lack in divorce and Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu and them this to say go open Maqasid Hasana and other works and that you will find that when the husband issues the talaq verbally or in writing ihtazza bihi arshur rahman then remember the arsh of Almighty Allah shakes and when you the wife you demand divorce divorce you know some women they tell law oh, give give but min babasin without any uzar without any valid excuse Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa hadith open Mishkat Sharif then you the wife now you divorce hunnal munafiqat they are hypocrites so see all the warnings that are there you know Mona Arafat performs nikah I perform nikah Mozaid performs nikah like that all the Mulana somebody somebody so when you perform you read certain verses from the Quran so which verses we read 
We read every verse to do with taqwa and piety. You want the secret ingredient for a successful marriage after 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. All this happens not because of us or our so-called piety or because we are, nay, nay, we are non-entities, we are mm. sinners, we are transgressors. It all happens with the further grace and mercy of Almighty Allah, Allah. But both parties must have the quality of taqwa and piety. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu was asked, what is the definition of taqwa? So go open Mawahibul Ladunniya of Allama Qastalani rahimahullah, you will find it there. And he said, Al-Khawfu min al-Jaleel. You must have the fear of Allah, all times, all places, khalwa and jalwa, whether in privacy or public. Well, and you must practice on the Quran Sharif and the Sunnah Mubarakah you must be content with what you have not this greed more and more and more and more so that's causing too much damage and see every phrase he finished with alarm and remember you must prepare for the day of departure so that is taqwa then both parties inshallah they will live happily ever after well it's a 22 minutes to 12 we'll go for our interval when we come back we'll continue inshallah with the bliss of marriage you are listening to Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Well, it's exactly now uh, uh, 19 minutes to 12. Remember, our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. Who said there's a message that, that uh, just came now while the interval break? It says that Muftisab, some sisters, they get divorced, Ustad. And after the edit expired, meaning after the edit is finished, they're still demanding maintenance from the ex-husband, Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Islam is called the deen. Maliki Yawmiddin, Almighty Allah is the exclusive owner and possessor of the day of justice. Inna Dina, in the Lail Islam, that by Almighty Allah, the only religion that is accepted is Islam. So Allah called it Deen because everything of Islam is based on justice. So remember politically, economically, socially. So anything you want to study, you just juxtapose it, compare it with any other religion. Now let's take the situation. ABC husband is married to XYZ. They were married three years, five years, eight years, ten years. Allah alone knows. Now things went really pear-shaped. And now the husband, the wife also is nagging day and night. So he issues the talaq. Whether over a period of time, three talaqs, or whether it is one shot, the three talaq he gave. Right? So then she is entitled to maintenance. So if she is in a menses, so three menses, that will be a iddat. So for the three menses there, so then whatever needs she has, all that, this ex-husband must pay for her. And I give her shelter, clothing, all these things here, what she requires, the basics. And if she is in menopause, for it that uhunna salasa to ashur, then for 90 days from the time he issued the talaq, he has to pay for her. Not only that, 
This second one, what I'm saying, is not wajib, is not compulsory, but it is mustahab and good to do that. That you, the husband, is better, you give her some muta also. Muta got nothing to do with the kufar, shias, and that. Their muta is prostitution. This muta means that according to your income, because now divorce has taken place and she is a broken lady, is a natural, so you give her some gifts and presents and so forth to soften the blow. See, imagine Islam took that into consideration also. So all that is done and dusted. Now when the iddat finishes, now this lady, this particular lady, who is claiming that, you know what, I want more. You must pay me 10,000 rand a month, 20,000. This is post-iddat. The Hmm. iddat has expired. So all that, my sisters, I'm being very, very clear with you, absolutely haram it is. Not only haram, you some ladies, now you will go to court. You will get some sharpshoot lawyer, attorney, advocate, and he will use every trick in the book, you must remember, so that that lady there can get, receive more income and some more maintenance from him, the ex-husband, post it that. Thus, my sister, I'm telling you, every cent that you are getting through the courts or through pressure and something and something, كُلُّ لَحْمٍ نَبَتَ مِنْ سُحْتٍ فَالنَّارُ أَوْلَى بِهِ Habibuna Rasulullah said that every piece of flesh that is developing through haram income, you go straight to Jahannam. See, sister, ittaqillah, fear mm. almighty Allah. You won't get away with it in the year after. In this world, you get sharpshoot lawyer, advocate. He's only interested in his money. So he will show you because you will get the 10, 20, 30, 50,000, 60,000, 70,000, whatever you want and so forth. Then you'll, you'll say, no, you still want medical and you want this. A lot of issues come in. We receive these kind of questions. So you must remember then he's going to give you the birth and then you, you will pass it on to your ex-husband and so forth. Do you see what you are doing? Zulam upon Zulam upon Zulam. So I can only appeal to you. You're my sister in Islam and I'm going to tell you Fattakillah, fear Almighty Allah is absolutely haram for you to do this. Your husband gave you, remember the maintenance, maybe he gave you some gifts also. So that also he did and still above that you want to. So remember that is absolutely haram and not permissible yes that husband there he knows he's got three four children from you and not you demanding you must remember not you requesting also the iddat period is finished on his own accord that he knows he has to support the children and so forth but he says never mind that at least she's looking after my children and so forth so I will give her also you must remember some extra and so forth this is not incumbent upon him this is just the generosity of his heart remember these type of things here so but this sisters what you are doing and you're losing South African law or this law and that law of a hukmal jahiliyati yabhun are they seeking the laws of jahiliya and ignorance think properly sister that every lukma morsel you're taking is haram and not permissible allah jalla protect us all mm. somebody says to start my son fell in love with a shia girl they want to know what must we do are they muslims or not muslims 
Do you think it will affect his marriage? She says, you do your thing and I will do my thing. Anonymous Ustad. Remember this, that in a case like this, whether the boy is a Shia or whether the lady is a Shia and so forth, we must be very, very clear on this issue. Mm. Our Marqa Sahaba, with Allah's help, Allah's mercy, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah started because of all this. Remember this. We saw the Shia menace, remember this, in those days already. Hazrat Mohana Salimullah Khan Sahib Nawarullah Marqadahu, our beloved Ustad by who I did Bukhari Sharif, Tirmidhi Sharif, Mishkat Sharif, first part in Tahawi, and Alhamdulillah I never missed one period in Hadith, the whole, all the Hadith Kitabs. But Allah's help, Allah's mercy, he used to love me for that also. So anyway, you must remember that. So he used to tell us and teach us about all the Shias in those days, in the 70s and all that, late 70s. So the point I want to make, <laughs> even when I was teaching in Dalum, Newcastle, I used to write to this Iranian government. Mm-hmm. We don't say Islamic revolution. We say Persian revolution. I used to write to them in Arabic and say Abdul Qadir Hosseini. So they used to send me a lot of books, you understand, thinking I'm a Shia. Because with this Kufar Shia, Nabi alayhi salam said, Yum al-harbu khud'ah, that you must have deception with them also. That is permissible in Islam when you had war with people. Hadith in Mishkat Sharif and Mustani Ahmad. <coughs> then I went to Shia, I went to Iran. You must remember in 2013 and so forth. I spent 12-13 days there. So we saw firsthand what they do and so forth. Our fatwa is the Shias are 100% kuffar. Why the kuffar and non-Muslim? I give you reference. I don't ever speak without reference. <laughs> Therefore, I want anybody to tell me I'm quoting wrong. So I'm giving you the books of Khomeini. I give you three books, you must remember, which I'm quoting now. In Tawdihul Masail, Khomeini writes, you can make muta prostitution for one hour. Which person in his right mind will give his daughter to somebody and say, use her, abuse her for one hour, and then it's okay, it's fine. So, but that's what she has teach. That's what Khomeini wrote in his book, which I have. Second one, he writes in Zubdatul Ahkam, that when Khomeini writes, that remember that when a person, you understand, is involved in this muta prostitution, now the time period is finished, fala iddata alayha, there's no iddat upon her, and wala tawarutha bainahuma, do nobody inherits from one another, and so forth. So exactly what is prostitution? Third one, you must remember, in Tahrirul Wasila, Khomeini writes, now tell me, can you tell me that these people are Muslim? He says to commit bestiality is permissible. You know what is bestiality? You sleep with a cow, you sleep with a cow or a goat or a sheep, or you sleep with a camel and so forth. You fulfill your lust and desires. Then he says, then you must slaughter it, sacrifice it. Or if you want to sell it, don't sell it in that town, sell it there in another town. That is kufr shiaism, one side of the spectrum. Second side, they swear and curse Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Usman, our mother Siddiqa, Sayyidina Aisha. If somebody is swearing my mother, my father daily, so how offended I will be. But our mothers, fathers are ordinary people. 
These are the greatest people in this world besides Anbiya Alim So remember after Anbiya prophets and messengers come the Sahaba and especially these Sahaba, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Usman, Sayyidina Aisha, Sayyidina Afsa, and they have made them the main targets and then comes Amir Muawiyah and his family. So 100% Kuffar. This is what I feel so hurt and disappointed, you must remember, with our Malvis, with our Muftis, with our organizations. I challenge them a hundred times. I'm going to take mm. their names also now. So you must remember, why can't you mm. issue a public fatwa on your, you'll come on TV, you come on radio, come on here, and they, why can't you speak one sentence and say Khomeini is kuffar? Make long, <laughs> long stories and all these type of things here. Yeah? Our monas, he spoke to that one Molvi, they give some crooked answers. So therefore, we must understand these things. So therefore, we say our students in universities, our own children, and if we don't give a strong message, like the message we gave for Qadianis, we said unanimously Qadianis are non-Muslim. So what is holding us back to say that the Shias are kuffar? The only thing that makes sense is this, that the Shias are paying you and sending money to you or you are getting money and sponsorship directly, indirectly from the Shia sympathizers. That's the only reason. Or these political reasons. <laughs> the government or some politicians told you, no, 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 coolly don't speak. Tomorrow no politician helps you buy. You have to all go in your grave alone. What answer will we give? Hark. What answer? You hear this Edward playing all the time. Palastum min ummati. Who are the murderers of Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu ta'ala? And I'm asking you. Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu martyred in Karbala in Iraq. I went there myself, you must remember, in 2000. And there also we got books and so forth and so on. So the point I'm making, Hazrat Zainul Abidin is an eyewitness. He told the Kufar Shia, you took the pledge from my father, then you left him. How will you face the master? And he, Mustafa, will say, you murdered my grandson. That our exalted rank and status, you desecrated it. This, and this fatwa is not in our books. This is in their book, remember, Ihtijaj by Tabarasi. This is in their book, Al-Imam Zainul Abidin, printed by Mu'assasa Al-Balagh. I have this book there, Mu'assasa Al-Balagh. They should send me books. So therefore, you Jusa, you want to call yourself Jusa, or you want to call yourself Jamiat or NNB, whatever here in Fordsburg, I'm challenging you. We want a fatwa from you in public regarding Shias. <laughs> you MJC there in Cape Town, we want the fatwa from you. Public fatwa, otherwise you'll have traitors and you Darul Ihsan there in Durban. Three different provinces, three different organizations. If you can't do that, then remember you went against Quran, you went against <laughs> Sunnah. Almighty Allah states in Surah 9, Surah Tawbah, verse 79, Those people who criticize, who revile, condemn Sahaba, they are mocking Sahaba, Allah will mock them. And then, وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ And for them is a horrible, terrible punishment. 
Habibuna Rahmatul Alameen, the only Rahmatul Alameen in the creation, the mercy to the entire universe, said Hadith in Tirmidhi. You'll know the Hadith. When you see people cursing, swearing, reviling my Sahaba, my beloved companions and students, Allah's curse be upon you. <laughs> Nabi Sallallahu is saying you must curse them, but you are keeping ties with them. You are keeping silent regarding this issue. Are you doing a service to this ummah or a disservice? Be honest about this issue here. Tomorrow you will pay a heavy price. You all are the three same organizations. The triangle, the trinity of evil. That you'll close the masajid. You see what's happening to you all now? That Allah says in Surah 2, verse 114, for them is disgrace and humiliation, and for them will be a terrible, horrible punishment. I beg you, ulama, leave all your politics, come back to the deen of Islam, and apologize and make public announcement, Shias or Kuffar, and apologize for closing the masajid, then we will be all together. But tell you don't do these things here, Remember, we will always be on opposite sides. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Somebody says here, Ustad, that uh, is there such a thing as nikah uh, must be performed in the hotel or in the serving center or in the car? But we have witnesses, Ustad. You must remember that this is all shaitaniyat. You must remember that. Everything of Islam is fitra, is a natural system. Everything of Islam is based, you must remember, on justice. See, my daughter, I don't have children, so mm. I just say my daughter. Allah forbid, Allah forbid, she eloped with somebody. Now she gets married to somebody in the hotel, in the civic center, in the car, this, that, and all that. And they say, yeah, we married. We as parents, how will we feel? I'm asking you. Mm. Obviously, you will be devastated. So Islam says, now your son, your daughter, both sides are Muslim, then a'alinun nikah, announce the nikah. You see, hadith in Tirmidhi, waj'aluhu fil masajid. You want barakah blessing, so go to the best place. Which is the best place? Hadith mentioned in Muslim Sharif, ahabbul biladi ilallah masajiduha. The most beloved place to all, Mighty Allah, Jalla Wala, is what? The Masajid is the mosque. I translate mosque because of the non-Muslim listeners. So we must perform it there. It must be a public, remember that, you know, uh, ceremony and so forth is occasion of joy and happiness. Mm. See another hadith. This first hadith, Tirmidhi. See next hadith. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, La nikaha, no nikah is valid. But the consent of the guardian, the girl's guardian, the lady's guardian, you must take permission. The biological father or the biological dada, the paternal grandfather or the brother of the bride. It must be not small lighty now, 18, 20 like Or you must remember the uncle, the chacha, the kaka. So they must give permission. Then only that nikah is valid. Hadith Sahih in Tirmidhi Abu Dawood Ibn Majah, authentic hadith. Now you come and tell me, no, the Hanafi say this, this. The Hanafi fatwa is this. If you want reference, go open Imdadul Muftin, Bahazan Mufti Shafi Sahib, Rahimahullah, page 551. A girl, she's following the Hanafi fiqh, 
and she gets married without the permission of her wali, her father, and so forth, and she got married, fi al kuf, had someone not compatible, suitable for her. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib wrote, Wandika Batil is null and void. The Grand Mufti, he writes. And you must remember, and even if that person is kuf, suitable for her, still muruwat ke khilaf hai. It is against the custom and the teaching of Islam and something. is bebarkati nikah. So that is the Hanafi, not what you are teaching the people. So we must don't look for loopholes and so forth. So you, mother, sisters, you must be very careful. Always discuss with your parents and perform the nikah in the masjid and as soon as possible not delay delay and all that then all the haram thing takes place allah jalla wala protect us barakallahu fiik assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh sawt ahli sunnah wal jamaah sawt markaz as-sahaba